Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to a bonus Wednesday episode of Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Big thank you, as always, to everyone out there for locking in and listening today. Coming up in just a couple minutes, I'm going to have recurring guest, good friend of mine, Joe from Queens at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. He's going to join me. We're going to talk plenty of Buffalo Bills, obviously. I want to move on from that very frustrating game on Sunday. And I think today we'll spend time talking about like big picture stuff with the Bills. Going into what, I mean, not what I think, what is a very critical final month of this regular season. I, I think the Bills right now are in a position that not many of us saw coming a position that most of us did not expect them to be in just a few short months ago but you know what here we are so there's lots to talk about good and bad i mean the sky's not falling folks you know the season's not over the season's not even close to being over but at the same time it's it's obviously not a a bed of roses at one bill's drive either a very topsy-turvy Buffalo Bills season to this point. And as far as my conversation with Joe, look, whether you love Joe, whether you hate Joe on this podcast, um, his takes, his thoughts, the same for his Twitter, especially maybe more so his Twitter than when he's on this podcast. I get it. I do. I disagree with Joe often on, on both, on social media, on this show, and he does with me as well, you know? But I, I respect that his thoughts, they always come from a place of honesty. Uh, Joe believes what he says. And for me, you know, that's good enough, man. He's been a good buddy of mine, a, a friend of this podcast pretty much since, since day one, going back nearly four years ago when this podcast was just getting started. He's always available when I call him. We don't do any podcast prep, uh, no notes. We just kind of, kind of wing it. No pun intended, of course. And I like that, you know, I do. So I expect a good chat with Joe coming up here. I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about because again, not really. We're just going to wing it. That's what we do when I get him on the show. And by the way, Joe, (laughs) this is his last podcast ever as a non-married man. Joe is tying the knot this weekend. Congratulations to him, his beautiful fiance, Melanie. So big props to them. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit as well. Get his feelings just a, a couple days before his wedding. Also. Wanted to remind you, if you missed the podcast yesterday, I had Steve Mathis from Cover One on and really good conversation with Steve. If you didn't check that out, please make sure you do that. But to remind people, I am back on Friday with Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. Now, if you notice and hope you did, we did not have a show last week. Joe was under the weather late last week. So we kind of had to, not kind of, we did have to scrap Casual Friday, but we are back this week. Joe and I will talk Bills, Sabres like we always do. And this week's 35 draft is going to be Christmas movies coming your way. And then like I also said yesterday, the next two weeks after that, I'm planning on having a Tuesday and Thursday shows instead of Tuesday and Friday shows because you got Christmas Eve coming a week from Friday. Then you got New Year's Eve coming the week from Friday after that. So anyway, that's down the road though. Let's just jump right into today. Here it is, a Buffalo Bills, and God only knows what else is going to come up. My chat with my friend, the almost married Joe from Queens. All right, so we're going to talk Buffalo Bills in just a couple of minutes here, but I'll tell you what, Joe, let's do something different here before we uh, get into some football talk. Take us inside the mind of a man who is uh, ready to get married and tie the knot in a couple days. Now, 
Couldn't talk about my wedding on a podcast because there were no podcasts back like 20 years or so ago when I got married. But it, it, seriously, congratulations, obviously, by the way, you and Mel. But again, just so we're taping this, we're taping this Tuesday. We're dropping this Wednesday. You're talking like four days away. What's going on through your head right now? I'm anxious. I want to get it over with. <laughs> no, I'm, ex- I'm it's like it's like anxious and being excited. Like I just I'm not nervous or anything like that. Like I know she's the one. All that, all those, that rigmarole, but I, I just want to get it through, like get it over with. And like that way, you know, when you're in like wedding planning mode for like eight, nine months, like we have been, like that's all you're thinking about every day is this wedding. So it's like, let's get it through. That way we can go to the next challenge or whatever that may be. But I'm excited. We're going to have like a good, you know, it's going to be good times. We're going to have a lot of booze, you know, um, uh, hopefully there'll be good food. I mean, obviously we did the tasting and it was good. So hopefully the chef's still there and it didn't fire him or anything like that. But, uh, does it's it, going to be crazy. Does it feel like a lot of things are going through your head at once right now? Or are you chill? No, I, kinda... I'm pretty chill. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, I just got to make sure my lady's okay. Cause she's planning most of it. Like in terms of like dealing with the, you know, I, I'm just like, yeah, that sounds fine guy over here. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of my, my, my spiel. And I've never really. I've obviously this is the first time I've been married, but I've never really been in too many weddings ever, like at all. Like I've never been like a best man. I've never been a groomsman. I've never done any of that. Like, you know, I, I've not been involved. It's been basically me going to a wedding and then I get shit faced and here's like 120 bucks or whatever. <laughs> and goodbye. You know, that's and I've gone by myself like that's And that's kind of it. Like I just I've, I've only been to like six or seven weddings in my life. You know, so it's it's just kind of like how is she doing know? right now? How's the fiance yeah, doing? She's fine. I mean, she's she's in Rochester. Not like we we came back over the weekend, uh, and I was in Rochester uh, Sunday. We drove up because Saturday was horrible weather, so we waited an extra day. We got there, so I was I was at her mom's house until this morning, actually Tuesday morning. So she's stressed, like you know, she's we got to do a lot of stuff, like or she has to do like you know dropping stuff off and you know. It's going to be fine. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, some hopefully people, it's fine. Like, some look, people, all I care about is the food. That's it. I like <laughs> just the food. Some people take it. a year, year and a half, two years even to to plan a wedding. You kind of, you guys are in the same boat that I was when we got married. I remember we got engaged and it was like eight or nine months. And, and mm-hmm. that's, it sounds like a lot of time to people who haven't went through it, but mm-hmm. it does go pretty quick, doesn't it? Yeah. It now, you're in goes, Buffalo it, right now too, right? Yeah, I'm in Buffalo. I'm, I'm at my parents' house right now. It, it's just... It's it's a lot because it's like, you know, she's doing a lot of stuff like she does all the like the crafting like she's put together like when you get there, like the seating chart, like you'll see it like she made it. She made the like the tags like she did a lot of crap like she's a really good craft. She has her own like cricket, you know, and like my whole apartment, our apartment has been like a wedding central like it's like it's like Santa's workshop for weddings like we got like, you know, glitter everywhere we got like the green stuff i forgot what that's called like for christmas trees like because like we're having a little bit of a, like a christmas wedding kind of thing like she's putting it all together and i'm like i i am i, I, can, I can draw stick figures like stick people <laughs> and like a a boxed house i, I got nothing i got nothing on this shit you're you coming to, I mean? you're coming so. across as a guy right now who uh the girl's doing all the work which is probably typical weddings and the guy's just ready to eat some food and have some beers and, and, and yeah have a I wedding mean, look, ring on to be married yeah i mean look i found the i found the rehearsal dinner place I'm paying for that. So we're having like 40 people there. So I found that spot. Hopefully it's good. Um, I did, <laughs> you know, I found the DJ. Like that was my thing. I was like, I'll find the DJ. And he he seems cool and good. And, you know, but yeah, it's mostly been like her her show. But, uh, you know, it's she's stressed about it. But, you know, that's I mean, it's it's I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm out of the house until I, I'm not seeing her till Friday when I drive in to, you know, go yeah. and get my suit. But I, I picked up my tux yesterday. Or Sunday, I picked it up at uh, whatever place, Jose Bank or whatever. We get, we did that, so uh, you know. So I'm excited about that. The you thing, know. the it's thing I remember most, Joe, from from my wedding, and again going back a while, but I feel like it's the same for everybody. Is you do all this planning, and whether you're doing a million things or you're just you know you're chilling, like you said, you're in you're in a you're in a good vibe right now. You're in a good headspace. But when it comes that day, you you wait forever. It feels like you wait forever for it to happen. And then it mm-hmm. like you blink your eyes and and then it's the next day and it's over. That's yeah, that's crazy. I think goes. the anno- I think the annoying thing to be and and this isn't you. You actually you know you you had the ba- you had a bow you bowed at the right time. Like it was after it was before we 
had to send our RSVPs in, so right. that was fine. But we've had people bail after they sent us their RV, RSVPs, yeah. which I have to go and like sound like a jerk and being like, hey, you didn't get the invite the first time around, but hey, do you want to come now? Because, you know, and I, I, I had like on my side, I had four people who couldn't go. Um, you know, some valid, some I'm like, mm, okay. And then like I, I replaced all of them. And then my lady, I think like within the last day or so, she had like three people. And she's not thrilled about that at all. <laughs> no, and she, she shouldn't and, be either. Yeah. I love how you thing, say like, my people, lady. It's always my lady too. Yeah. Like, but it's always, it's just kind of like, you know, it's, um, it's an it's expensive thing. Like we're most, I mean, she's mostly like, I'll say it. I don't care. She's mostly paying for this out of her own pocket. Like I am kicking in like a, a good chunk in terms of like, you know, tipping and the rehearsal dinner. And I did give her some money for the. But it's it's a fucking racket, man. Those those <laughs> weddings, man. Like it's yeah. unreal how much you pay. Because we thought, like, hey, we're gonna do it in Rochester. We're gonna save so much money from New York City. I don't like. I I don't know how much more it is in New York. Like not like in the city, like itself. Like you know, an hour, like in Westchester or Long Island. But like we're spending a lot, like on this, like because it's it's just. Um, but like, you look, know, I, I I'm glad. Like the next time I'm on your podcast, you know, unless I unless I blow it between now and the wedding, and I'll, I'll be a married man. Do you have any? Give me, give me, and then we could get to the bills. Give me some. Do you have any uh, wedding or not wedding uh, marriage advice? Anything? You know, you've been with your wife for a, a while now. Like, do you have any advice? Well, it's trial and error, and I'm probably the worst person to be giving marriage counseling to anybody who's whether right. it's you or anyone listening to this show. I I think like. I've thought about this and this sounds stupid in a way. Okay. But I'm telling you, I think every couple of years is really good to have a significant major fight. And I mean a real fight, not an argument like, uh, and then, you know, you're fine the next morning. I'm talking about like a significant, not physical fight, of course, sure. you know, getting in a real fight, maybe even a separation. I don't know, but I feel like in time, Jesus. well, I, I get it. That might be a little bit extreme, but here's what I'm saying. I think over the course of time, when you're with somebody for a long period of time, even if you don't realize it, you're getting really content. You know, you get comfortable and you get content. And when you get too comfortable and you get too content, at times you start trying. And you don't even realize that you're not trying anymore. You know what I'm saying? You just, everything, you just let things be. And I feel like every now and then, kind of like a significant fight really resets everything and in results. And, and look, not proud of it, but this has happened to me. More than once. You know what I'm saying? Where I've went through stuff like this. And it seems like every time something, every handful of years where something bad really happens, you kind of reset yourself a little bit and you really do some some digging and so, so, some soul searching. You think you're doing everything right, but you're not. And you're like, all right, man, I need to change. I need to do this, that, and the other thing. And I really need to start applying myself with this and that. And ultimately, it makes things better. So, How old were you when you got married? I, you were young, right? Yeah, no, like, I'm younger than you are now, but I was, I was yeah. in my late 20s. I was in my I think late. I was young. I mean, to me, it is like I, I can't picture myself getting married in my twenties, like how I was in my twenties. Like, right? Like, you know it's what not I mean? Easy, so man. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. And I think couples, whether you're married or whether you're just dating, I think when you're with, if you live some, with somebody, after a while, people just tend to get comfortable. And I think when you get too comfortable, you stop pushing to, to for greatness. You know, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in sure. your personal or your career. And uh, I know that's probably. Some really unorthodox advice, but yeah, man, get in a huge fight with your girl every couple of years, man. Have her throw your ass out of the house for a couple of days or something like that. And you'll reset yourself. You won't allow yourself to, to get too comfy. Just so you know, when I share that advice with my lady later and go, Hey, Pat said we should get into a fight every two years. It's good for the soul. She's <laughs> going to, I don't think she's going to take kindly to that. I think she's going to be like, okay, don't ask him again. about yeah, marriage. But no, I hear you. I hear you. So again, it's, it's like, you got to get out the bad blood. Like it's like in like the Godfather, when they talked about, Hey, this is like in the beginning where like they had like a blow off between all the fans. Like you got to get the bad blood out. Like every couple of I, years. So, I always say, I, even, I said in the intro too, I said, we don't do any show prep. This is proof. I didn't see that question coming. It's not like I had this well thought out response that people are like, Ooh, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. some great advice. Nah, but anyway, no. I'm happy for you, man. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time for you. And I'm excited for you. One more thing, and then we will get to football. This is football. I'm gonna regret. Mm -hmm. I already I know you well enough to know that I'm gonna regret this. But I'm gonna tee this up for you anyway. Mm -hmm. COVID is getting bad oh. in the NFL. Thirty seven positive tests on Monday. Eight Cleveland Browns players, as we tape this today on Tuesday, got put in protocol. This shit's out of hand. By the way, I got a 
a booster shot. Um, what, what, so we're taping this Tuesday. I got it early Monday. It's been more than 24 hours now. Nothing, bro. I got a sore shoulder where like right where the needle was stuck in. Like that area is really tender. But aside from that, ah, I thought it was, I taped the show with Steve Mathis from cover one last night. And I felt like I was going to start to get sick, but it never came. Anyway, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too, I, I said this too on the show yesterday. I'm too strong for for booster shots i'm too much man for that shit to uh oh yeah you're the, you're the man you're the people's <laughs> the people's champ over here all right i'm making uh-huh. jokes i did get my booster shot but seriously I, that was a joke but what's not a joke is what's going on with covid man i mean this this is going to affect you, you know it's coming this is going to affect how the nfl plays out this year with certain teams some team is going to get fucked because of covid it's gonna happen yeah, I mean, my whole thing is this. I mean, with, with uh, you know, this this mostly has to do with life too. But like, you know, the the I, it's to the point to where we're just gonna have to live with this for the rest of our lives, you know. And I mean, that's that's where we're at. And like, you know, it's and obviously we can get I can get into easily like the anti vaxxers the people who complain about having to wear masks, all those idiots. We've talked about that ad nauseum, but. You know, it is in a football. So yeah, it's going to definitely affect some people. And I, I don't know, I don't know if these players are that they they got this. If they're boot, if they ha- if they're if they're vaxxed or not. I don't know if they got their boosters. Like obviously, like if you read the studies, like out of Israel, Pfizer saying like if you get a booster shot, it can fight this Omicron variant that's not going to destroy us again. So you know, but yeah, it's not. It's it's disconcerting. It sucks. I mean, I'm having this wedding. And like we, everyone has to get their shot, and like yeah. you know, we have we have people below eighteen. I, unfortunately, I have one very close person who's below eighteen, not not getting the shot. And you know, and I and that was kind of our policy. Like, if you're under eighteen, you don't have to get the shot, but you got to wear a mask. You got to get you got to get tested before you get there. And you know, it, it's just it's just kind of like I I, I don't know like where we're at with any of this. Like, I don't know if it's like we have to get boosters. I don't know if it's if it's if it's any it's just all like all over the place. It's just frustrating because it's like you think you you think you make it out and then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're not close. And then and then the the anti vaxxer idiots, you know, you, you like they like the local media, especially in Buffalo, loves to cover because we got to go and cover 10 moms in fucking bumblefuck like Alden or somewhere being angry about a mask mandate. And like, you know, it's just like this doesn't help at all. And. You know, not to, but to bring it back to football, you know, without without me rambling, yeah, this is going to affect teams. It just is, and like you know, it's affected the stupid Bills this year. You know, and I don't, I'm it has it's a, it has, and like you know, we talked about how that that was going to be the case, and that's the case now. You know, in terms of that, and if I'm if I'm Sean McDermott, you know, I'm telling people get your day. I'm telling every all the people who got their vax get your get your damn booster shot. You know. You know, you got one more month of the season. Like, don't hang out with people in tw- a 20-person party with a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Even though I'm doing it on Saturday with, you know, with the wedding. But unless you really have to, like, chill out. And then when January hits and they're, like, they're, they win the Super Bowl, they're gone from the playoffs, and go do your thing then, man. But, like, it's going to affect people. Like, it's, 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 just, it's just, you know, like I said, this is, it's just not leaving. There's a lot of blame that goes around. Like I said, I'm blaming you know, in Buffalo right now, and I got I'm I'm traveling to that. Like, you know, the man, like the COVID cases went. I I haven't read this week, but like la- the last two weeks, it went through the roof. They were matching New York City basically, almost in COVID cases because, like, I think it was I think Poland cars had like 65 percent of Erie County had gotten their vax, whereas in New York City it's close to 90. Yeah, it was do under them, 70 in Erie County. I think it was 69, but it's under 70 for sure. It was anyway. Yeah, which is bad. So. It's bad. Look, I let me say this and, and we could have and maybe at some point we will. You know, this is this sounds to me and you said it. Eh? This ain't going nowhere anytime soon. So maybe this is something beyond football, the realm of football. We could save for an offseason conversation, an honest one, because, you know, and I've said this before. I agree with you with a lot of things and some things I don't agree with you with and vice versa. You know, it goes both ways here. I'm with you with the vaccination. I, I think people are. Anti-vax are complete idiots. I, I'm fully vaccinated. I just got a booster yesterday. If I need to get another one, I will. And another one after that, another one after that. Okay. I, I think I'd love to live in a world where there's a hundred percent vaccination rate in, in the United States. It's not going to happen, but that I'd love to see that. I, 
where I don't unnecessarily agree with you. I mean, you just said it yourself a few minutes ago. You said this is going to be around for the rest of our lives. I think it's going to be around for the rest of our lives either. At some point, you had to live a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say I'm anti-mask because I think there's some situations where you should wear a mask. But I don't agree with a lot of these mask mandates, man. I don't. If you're vaccinated, you're fully vaccinated, especially if you've gotten this booster, you, A, you should be safe from getting it or getting sick for the most part. And I don't see, and this is something, again, I mean, scientific people who are more qualified than, than myself for sure, and probably you should, you know, talk about this, but I still think there's things beyond masks that, that make the spread worse than people not wearing a mask when they go to the fucking pizzeria. And I'm telling you, as somebody who's working part-time right now in a restaurant business, trying to make ends meet a little easier here, it affects, people are losing their jobs. There's a lot of, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on in this world because of the mask. More so than the vaccination, the vac not getting vaccinated to me, there's no, it's indefensible at this point. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't, well, I, again, I, I don't, mean, well, like, like I said, they, they, they do say the masks do st help stop the spread. I mean, I look, I'm of the mindset, like, I think New York City has done a great job. Like they have, ma they have vaccine mandates. You want to go eat at a, you want to go eat at a restaurant inside. You want to go to the movies. You want to go to the mall. Or actually, no, the mall that you can, I think you can get away with it, maybe. But I don't know. Basically, you can't do anything in the five boroughs without having a vax right. card. And that's what I think. And I, I I, still think Poland cars, Erie County should have definitely have done that. Like, they should have just said, you want to, like, you got to get a vax. You want to go and, you know, doing the same thing with the bills. Because, look, how many people at the bills, when the bills did that that whole mandate, and maybe and we can, we can you know, we can criticize some of the, the you know, how to uh, to enforce the rules of that or whatever. But, like. How many people did like return their season tickets? Like what? Like five hundred people? Like big fucking deal? Not you know, many. it's not that bad. Not that many. So that's where I'm at. But right now, Erie County has an issue with that. And I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, hey, if you have the vax and you have to get a, you have to wear a ma mask. That's kind of annoying. Like if you already have it and you wear a mask. I personally, I don't mind it. I wear my mask all over New York City, even though I, I don't care. Like to me, I've, I've said this before. I haven't gotten a cold in almost two years. You know, since that, and I think a lot of it is because I wear a mask everywhere I'm, I'm going. I used to get like two, three colds a, a year, so that's it. I just don't care. It's just like this is a part of it. I better safe than sorry, and that's it. I think know? we both have good points. Let's. I'll tell you what. Let's leave it there because sure, we can, I, I want to talk bills in here. And again, on the premise there that I don't really have any notes, and I have not talked to you beforehand on what we're going to talk about. So I'm I'm going to let you start. Like what. Uh, so we're, we're at midweek now, the game, the game's old news itself, but like, what, what are you most annoyed about? Or what are you most optimistic about? Like, what do you want to talk about? I'm going to let the, the soon to be married guy talk about whatever he wants to talk about first. Then I'll jump in. I positive Josh Allen. I thought he played out of his mind on, on Sunday. Sure. He was awesome. He was a star player. He, he did everything that you want out of a franchise quarterback. I have I had a ton of respect for him entering that game and, and beyond. I thought he played outstanding. He deserves praise. He's a warrior. Like he respect. he carried that respect. He carried that team on Sunday when it was they were down twenty four to three. Um, negative. I, I'm seeing way too much with like with the with Bill's Twitter, even media trying to t spin this as like a moral victory because they came back and P I think there's a lot of like ignoring how shitty that second, that first half was where the defense was terrible. And the defense specifically, I, I, I saw like some people, some, some uh, podcasters and some like, I forgot who they were, but like, I saw people being like, you need to give the defense as much credit as, as you do Josh Allen because of the second half. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They, they, they forced five punts and like, I'm supposed to like, or three or four, like I'm supposed to like, bend over backwards because they allowed 33 points and 500, 500 yards in offense. Like I, I, that whole, that, that just seems like, I don't want to say like, uh, it's not just a loser mentality, but it's just, it's just trying to like, like just stick, stick in your lane with Josh Allen, like praise him. If you want to get on here and praise someone, praise Josh Allen. Don't praise the defense. Like, come on. Like they, they gave up 500 yards. And yeah, they gave up 300 yards in the first half, and oh, thank God they they got it down to 200 in you know, like the, the the final two two quarters in a drive, and they still blew it in, in overtime when like you know they that they had that blown coverage and like 
Tremaine Edmonds is covering a wide receiver or whatever that was. You know, like, like I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, and part of it is I've been on the defense all year where I've questioned them about, like, hey, you're kicking – I've talked about this ad nauseum. You're kicking Trevor, he- Trevor Seaman's ass. You're, tre- you're kicking all these crappy quarterbacks' asses. But when you go against an offense that knows what they're doing, like the Colts or in the Bucks or the Titans, you look like shit. And they didn't look that. And they didn't look that great. Sorry, but I, I'm glad they got some stops. But I'm not about to have a, a like, oh man, this defense showed showed themselves. Like they're not. And then overall, with the moral victory, and I'll get, I'll throw back to you. You're seven and six. Like the only reason why. I'm not at a full blown like five alarm fire with this team is because of parody. And I think pa- parody happens every year with the NFL. And I think it being different because we're now all of a sudden in that conversation where it's like, oh, hey, the, you know, it's like, the, I'm sure this is like what the Chargers went through during the Phillip Rivers years where it was like, oh, they were always like a seven and five, seven and six team. But they're like, hey, we get in. It's a bunch of other teams besides like New England or whoever. And we could we could maybe make noise, and that's and that's where I feel like that's a, the only saving grace. And I don't I I don't think that should be like you know that that shouldn't be the only thing you can hang your hat on. And like, well, they're gonna they trim. Like I, I don't have I don't have much hope outside of I ha- my hope is like the AFC continues to be kind of kind of mediocre. Right, and that's it. But that's where I'm at in everything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back with Joe. Like I said, we agree with a lot of the stuff with Josh Allen and the defense in whole. I'll say this. So wait, let me say this real quick. Go ahead. Do you feel because we're talking about the defense? Do you feel vindicated about people are are finally catching up on Tremaine Edmonds not being as good as as Bill's Twitter likes to make him out? Do I feel vindicated? No, because I don't. You've been kind of. You've been. I mean, I think you've very been very objective about it. Critical of him. Yeah, and then and then I think. I think once, once you get like you get other people who like like Tyler Dunn kind of buried him a little bit, and it's like, hey, I've been saying that too, kind of thing. But like, you know, the 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 thing with this defense is they're just they they lack on the front seven. I think consistency and star players, like you know, like Matt Milano's, like maybe like the one guy who's kind of can be a star. 
here and there on the front seven. Like, obviously, the safeties are amazing. They're great. Can't take anything away from them. But that front seven, they paid a lot of money to these freaking people. And, you you know, it's just like it is. And it's just like it's inconsistent, man. When they go against good offenses like we just talked about, where where, where are they at? I'll, let me say this. I, I don't feel, to answer your question directly, I don't feel vindicated about Tremaine Edmonds. I, I w- would love to be wrong. You know, I wanted him to be an elite co- elite middle linebacker or even a, a great middle linebacker. I'm not mm-hmm. happy that he's not playing that well. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about him because I spent a lot of time talking about this with Steve Mathis. I just don't want to, you know, go over all the same um bullet points again, but my biggest issue with Tremaine Edmonds is stats just don't tell the st- I hate tackles, and I talked about this with Steve. I, I don't care about tackles. Sure. Tackles to me is a bullshit stat. This guy is consistently having nine tackles, 10 tackles, 11 tackles, whatever. Well, you know, how many fumbles is he forcing? How many fumbles is he falling on? How many sacks is he getting? How many quarterback pressures is he getting? How many big pass breakups is he getting? How many critical tackles when it's third and five and you stop him short of the first down marker is Tremaine Edmonds getting that play. You don't forget the touchdown because that was kind of a blown coverage. I, as much as I'd like to put things on Tremaine, that really wasn't so much his fault. He should not have been one-on-one with Brashard Perryman. Never, but two plays before that, or a couple plays before that, that third and one, he met him at the hole. There's videos on Twitter. And I mean, close up shots of it where Tremaine Edmonds unblocked gets to the hole, gets to the gap, meets Leonard Fournette, Hits him high and on the side, and Fournette kind of bounces off him, gets a yard and a half, and got the first down. If he makes that play, guess what? Tampa's punting in overtime, and the Bills get a second crack at maybe winning the game. I look at a guy like Matt Milano, and he's got a couple less tackles than Tremaine, but he's got sacks, he's got forced fumbles, he's got picks. He's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's an impact player. Tremaine Edmonds, not an impact player. And again, I hate stats. And the one thing that does bother me, I hate when people could take stats and twist them any way you want to. Like, I'm so sick of people, and with respect, and it's usually you who jumps on my man, Aaron Quinn, right? I love me. I love Aaron Quinn, and everybody knows that, okay? But uh, let me say this, man. I, he was defending Jerry Hughes on Twitter on Tuesday, and I'm sick of that. I don't care about pass rush rate, win rate, any of that shit. Get home, make a play, hit the quarterback. Maybe he fumbles. That could be a game-changing type of play. Your man's got one and a half sacks through 13 games. How good? Are, how happen. effective are you, really, Jerry Hughes? No. I don't care how old you are or how much money you're making. You got one and a half sacks this year. Greg Rizzo started out really good. Three sacks he's got this year. The defensive line's not getting the job done. Don't get me, get me started on AJ at Panessa. Where is he in year two? You know, yeah. the pass Look, rush lacks badly in Buffalo. It's a big, big problem. We don't talk about it enough. No, I agree with that. And, and look, sacks do matter. Okay. I know like that's a kind of a cliche thing to say, but you're, you, I, I am sure some some analytics nerd can say that if you get a sack on a drive, the chances of that the opposition punting is a lot better than sure. if it just gets a pressure. It just is. Like, you lose yardage, and they don't have enough. Like, I didn't even realize he only had one and a half sacks. And look, I love me some Jerry Hughes. Okay, he's like, he's, but come on, dude. Like, Finish a play. Guy. Finish plays. Yeah, and this is a guy that, like, he's had 10 sacks before. You know, he could do that. I mean, and that that could tell you that maybe he's kind of getting at the end of his rope, you know, and, and like this defense just doesn't, it's again, I'm sorry, but I base everything on how you, I, a lot of it on how you do against really good offenses. And I'm not talking, I look, you might be a top five. I'm talking like 12, top 12. And they haven't been very good. It's just been all these shitty quarterbacks. They crush in the, in the front seven. It's just not doing it. And I put this on, on, on Mc, I put this on McDermott and Bean. They, this is not, and this is why I got, I, I got pissed off. You know, about the whole, like, let's give credit to the defense for what they did and against Tampa Bay. Like, it's like you have invested so much money, so much draft capital in this front seven. Everyone is like on like everyone is basically either like a first or second rounder or they're on their second contract there. And unless they're and I want them to at least like force some turnovers like I don't I need I don't need you to shut Tampa Bay down. But I am not about to give you roses because you gave up 500 yards in total offense and you gave up 33 points. Like, that's insane to me. Like, if you were a shitty – if you were, like, the Chiefs from, like, last year or the year before where it's like, hey, we just have the defense. We don't – we haven't really invested too much. 
we got a couple of guys here because we, we we want to invest completely in the offense, then great. Then fine. Different story. But they have put in so much assets into this. Assets that could have went into the offensive line. Like, you know, they could have they could have actually drafted a guard or, or signed a guard instead of going with Ike Budger and John Feliciano. Are there any think about this? Are there any Ike Book Budgers or John Felicianos? on the defensive line that are playing in terms of like these guys were just supposed to be like duct tape. No, these are all that rotation are guys who are highly touted. They signed to, to big deals. You know, these aren't like this. They, oh, we had to put John Feliciano in because he was supposed to be a backup like this, this like they're not, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of people trying to defend these people. Like the defense, I just have not. And like, I know, look, they are going to finish in the top five. Top ten, and Aaron Quinn could go on Bill's Twitter or whoever and go, "Look what they did! They 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 they, they did great against in well, totality." Hold, hold, hold again, on, hold on, Joe, Joe. Oh, I, I gotta say this. I, I let's be a little fair to Aaron. Aaron, I may I don't want to make it sound like Aaron Quinn never criticizes anything on the Bills. He does, all right. But I got I personally got offended, not offended, but I was annoyed. By the Jerry Hughes. Well, I I, I said defense. anyone anyone like Aaron Quinn can go on yeah. here and say like, hey, they are in the top five, top ten, and that makes hey that if that makes you sure. feel better, great. I I get that, but tell me what you do against elite offenses, against top ten offense, and they they have they have underperformed against that since 2018, and it's been it's been it's not this isn't breaking news, man. It just not it's not, and like you know if they make the playoffs and they play against like a really a top tier offense or an offense that's better. I, I think, you know, mm, it's, it's not looking good, but they deserve credit. Uh, like, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just got, I just got annoyed with the whole, let's, let's stick up for the defense. That's their Sunday. Like, right. Give me a break. Like, yeah, they forced some, fo- they, they woke up for like the, like, ha- you know, a quarter and a half. They woke up. I thought you, know, you were going to say they forced some fun. I'm like, no, they did not Joe. They no, did they not. didn't. They, they, they gave didn't. up, they, they gave don't... up almost 500 total yards and they did yeah. not get it. Get a turnover. I think both your points are very fair. The defense, you you can't why you can't give them a free pass for the first half. It's not how it works. And yeah. again, to your point as a whole, this year they really have. Uh, you know, Tyler Dunn wrote that column about three four weeks ago, and it really still resonates with me today. And it was basically him talk, talking about the Bills are bullies, and they just they they, they run over shit teams. They flex on you. Mm-hmm. They 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 dance on your grave when they're playing a shitty team. And then when a team fights back and punches them in the mouth, man, they, they're the bully. And the bully don't like to get punched back, you know? that's It's a very fair point. My biggest thing right now that I'm annoyed about, actually, well, maybe not quite as, there were things in the game that annoyed me the most. And by the way, we're not even going to talk. I spent so much time talking about the officials yesterday. That goes without saying bad calls. We already know that. Here's what I was more annoyed about than anything else was you look at the inactives, dude. And, and if we're gonna, if we're going to levy criticism towards Sean McDermott, which is deserved, and levy criticism towards Brian Dable, some of his play calling this year, and some of Leslie Frazier's schemes, you know what? Where's Brand? Why is Brandon being bulletproof at this point? Because you look at those inactive lists: Sunday, Cody Ford, second round pick; Zach Moss, third round pick; Boogie Basham, a second round pick this year; uh, Vernon Butler, a guy that they re-signed and, and kept around. These are all healthy, not injury, healthy scratches. You look at A.J. Vanessa, a second-round pick in year two. He's doing nothing. Greg Rizzo looked really good early on. But you know what? Quite honestly, dude, he's been pedestrian for the last six, seven weeks. And it's not just because he's a rookie. In fact, I got it right in front of me. I'm looking at defensive sack leaders. Rizzo's got three this year. Jalen Phillips from Miami's got eight and a half. I'm not even going to count Micah Parsons. He's a linebacker. That dude's just special. He's got 12 sacks already. He's just fucking ridiculous. But Aziz Ojulari was a guy that I remember was connected to the Bills. A lot of people thought they might take him. He went to the Giants. He's got seven and a half sacks this year. Jason Owa, who went one pick after Rizzo, he's got five. So I don't want to hear this shit that, you know, these rookies can't pile up sacks. Well, you, you'll also get you'll also get the counter. Well, the depth at the Bills is so good that that's why they couldn't make it. It's like bullshit. Oh, like, get out of here. Like, that. come on. Rizzo's, yeah, a good, just... Rizzo's a good run defender right now who's – Okay, rushing the pad. He reminds me, actually reminds me a little bit of Shaq Lawson in a way right now. Really good run defender. So-so getting into the quarterback. Now, I'm a, look, Greg Rizzo is the least of the Bills' problems. And we could spend a whole hour talking about problems. And he'd be the least mm-hmm. of them. But my point is, there's a lot of picks right now that are coming into question. You know, that Brandon B made. And he resigned Feliciano. He brought back, he extended Daryl Williams. He decided mm-hmm. that continuity on the offensive line would be key. 
You know, they, they overvalued Cody Ford. They did not draft or sign a cornerback this free agent period all off season. And it's costing them a little bit now, man. And where is, uh, again, if you're going to go beyond the field of play where the players execute and you're going to levy criticism, Brandon Bean deserves a couple bullets right now as well. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a shitty GM, but you know what? He certainly ain't mistake proof. He's, he's lucky as hell or I don't, whatever you want to call it luck, but like he should be counting his stars that he picked Josh Allen. And that's the other thing, it, Joe. Hold on. I don't mean, I'm sorry to cut you off a couple days ahead. before your wedding. I'm glad you said that because you're right. And he did want Josh Allen. The Bills did want him. But here's the thing. They also got lucky in a way because, hey, there were teams, they didn't draft it until seventh and they moved up. But you know what? Cleveland, the Giants or the Jets, any of those teams easily could have took Josh Allen. But Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and who the hell's the other one that's escaping my mind right now? Rosen. No, Rosen went after. Josh was. Oh, it was no. Dar- it was, it Darnold. Was Darnold. Darnold and Baker. Yeah, those guys yeah. went before Josh Allen. That was not something Brandon B could have controlled. When's it the Jets take Josh Allen, and right. then the Bills are stuck with Darnold or or Rosen? It's scary to think about that. Josh, <laughs> as we're talking, I'm realizing, man, Josh Allen yeah. really does mean a lot to Look, Brandon Bean's success. Yeah. I agree. I mean, he he definitely does, and you know they put they put Allen in a good situation. I mean, look, there's some things like I said, the draft has been, you know, the tr- the free agency they've been good at. Like I, I would say solid, like very good, like you know trades. But this the draft in general from being it's just not. It's we're we're still like talking about potential with Tremaine Edmonds. We're still talking about Ed Oliver. Like in like, can he be consistent more? And but like you look at like you just late na- named a bunch of guys like this year rookies who are doing well you know on the defensive side of the ball and you could go back to like Tremaine Edmonds and look at like who are the guys they could have had around him or Ed Oliver around him and it just it hasn't been great and I think he does deserve like some criticism I think the Bills like in general right now like they they're seven and six man if you would have told me in August Pat we had this podcast and I said the Bills are going to be seven and six this year you would have said you're insane yep or if I tweeted that, I would have had, I would have been buried by every single Bills Mafia hashtag person on the planet. We would have gotten buried, buried. In, and all I've seen this week is just a lot of like, oh, hey, like they had a great effort, moral victories, like give credit to the defense and then and, and, and all this and all this sort of stuff, um, you know, and and it's just like. I, I I can't really handle that in terms of 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 that, you know. So it's it's just kind of uh, I, I don't get that. Like I think there should be like I'm glad, like I said, Josh Allen kiss his ass, but everyone else, I you know they, you are what your record says you are. What what Bill Parcells once said, and and seven and six, no one signed up for that. None. They doubled their loss total from last year. They've had an easier schedule this year than last year. And, you know, they, they deserve, I, you know, I know it could change and like, Hey, we're always, it's a week to week league. Things change at a moment's notice. And maybe like it being like a bipolar, like, look, Sunday, I was, I was, you know, I was done with the pills at halftime. Like basically next week for the Carolina game, me and my wife, who will be my wife, we were going to go watch the game. And I was like, the hell with this. Like, we're going to go. I'm going to go watch Spider-Man. It's the new Spider-Man. Like, I'm not watching this, like, at 24-3. But, like, and then they kind of they, they kind of got back and got better and whatever. But, like, this has, been, this has been a disappointing year. It just has been. And, yeah, maybe they'll make the playoffs. And then, we, you know, people will talk about it being, like, the 89 Bills where they, they just barely got in. And maybe they'll have, like, this epic, like, loss that, that like, in hindsight you could say afterwards is great. But, like. That could be the Tampa like, game. That could be yeah. the Tampa game. Now, I, I get the whole morals victory thing and how that annoyed you. Generally, I agree because a lot of people, including myself, thought when they lost to Jacksonville, I'm like, well, there's your wake-up call. Or when they when they lost on Monday Night Football to Tennessee because Josh Allen slipped a little bit on fourth and inches, you know, that's your wake-up call right there. I, I do feel like what we saw Sunday might matter. And look, I mean, you said the word parody. I mean, there's nobody, there's nobody in the AFC that good right now. And the bills got, and as we wind down too, this will be the last topic that we talk about here, but there's still, there's still time, man. There's still four games. And I still think the bills, and I've said this before the Tampa game, and I still feel this way. The bills are very much in the thick, very thick of the AFC East right now because they can win out. Joe, they played three shitty teams at home, mediocre teams. Mm -hmm. They should win those games. No matter what Josh Allen, healthy or not, they should win those three games. 
It comes down to beating New England on the road next week in a rematch or two weeks from now. And they're very capable of doing that. Unless there's not 40 mile an hour wins, it would probably be to Buffalo's benefit. They win those four games. And if New England loses either at Indy or at Miami, which is very possible, one, at least one of those two losses, the Bills win that division. They win the tiebreaker. So, but haven't we been, but haven't, here's the thing. You're right. But Pat, you've been saying this every freaking podcast we're on. Well, they could do this. Like you look into the future and you're like, hey, this this doesn't have to be. And it continues to not, it, it's it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't turn, it's not turning out like we had envisioned at all in this week to week. Oh, hey, they're, they're going to beat the Jacksonville Jags and it's going to be fine. Nope. They're going to beat, they're going to beat the, the Patriots. Oh, like, you know, they'll be at home. Nope. And it's and after a while, I I, I just I, me personally, I hear you. You're you're, you're right that they're, but I, I'm just kind of over it. Like it's just like yeah, and like and then just to go back, like it's always I always kind of hate that whole like this could be their wake up call thing because you make it the wake up call after it becomes a good omen, like down the road. Like if the, like you know what I can sit here and go, hey, you know what really messed this team up. Maybe in my humble opinion, the Titans game. Because since the Titans game, they haven't looked the same. And up until that point, like, and that's a game that they should have, they could have won. But like after that, like I'll say this, like you want to, you people want to maybe use the Tampa Bay, like oh well, this could be the wake up call. If this season ends in like a, a seven, like a nine and you know eight thing or ten and seven thing, and I I could easily just come on here and go, you know what, everything went kind of downhill right after that Titans game. And they 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 didn't they didn't believe in themselves against elite competition. The Bills, dude, are over what they're. I think you you had it the other day. I you tweeted it out like what they're zero and five in like one score games or something like that. Yeah, worse they, than the NFL. Had, worse than they They have had the ball on the final drive to win a game four times, and they lost all four of those games. They and, they, and that that counts with the Tampa Bay game. Like they had the they had the ball, they lost. You know, and like kind of like they didn't like they couldn't got touched on whatever. But they they have not been clutch this year at all, and it all started. When did it start? That Tennessee game. Yeah. So, so again, so look, if you if people are going to say like this is the wake up call for them, blah blah blah, I can say this. This was the knockout punch. Was that t- Titans game because that's when everything started smelling like shit with the yeah, team. Yeah. Look, it's a it's a fair point. The week before the Tennessee game, they beat Kansas City. They were on a high. They went to mm-hmm. four and one. They looked very impressive. I know they were to talk to the NFL. They were the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. They were betting favorites a couple times after that Tennessee loss. But yeah, they lost that game on Tennessee. Then they had a bye. And then they beat Miami at home. They looked like shit in the first half, which has been a theme Again, this year. An, but then they won the year. game. And then the following week, they lost that at Jacksonville. And then since then, they traded wins and losses. You know, the Jets, the Colts, the Saints, two shitty teams. And then they lose it to Patriots. So, and now Tampa. Um, Inconsistency has been the problem. Last thing here, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this much, man. Again, I, I go on the parody thing, but where I do agree with you is it's easy to say, well, this is the turning point. This is the moral victory. This is going to be the, the light, and it goes off in their head. This is the light bulb that finally gets off in the head. The problem with the Buffalo Bills right now is physical, man. It's not Brian Dable's play calls. It's not this. It's not that. It's not the other thing. It's not the chemistry with some of the players. The problem is this. They can't block well, and they can't stop the run. They're, they've given up four plays this year of 40 more yards or 40 yards of running or more, that's a habit. Four times. No one else in the league has had more than two. The running production's been shitty. It's not going to all of a sudden get great. They're not going to suddenly be able to pound the football. They're not blocking well, and they can't stop the run consistently, and they can't get after the quarterback consistently. Those are all physical things. That's not something, and I said this to Steve, you can't just go to your to your light switch and turn it on or off. These are physical problems in the trenches. That's why I think the Buffalo Bills are in real trouble this year. No, yeah, I mean, I can't add much to that. I mean, I agree. I agree with that. And I guess my whole thing is this: look, if you want to be optimistic, like, hey, like the AFC is there; it's mediocre. They got an easy schedule, possibly fine. But you, you better have in your commentary or your barstool deliberation, you better talk about the disappointments. Which is that's team seven and six right now, and that's a that's a major disappointment. Sure, absolutely. And and, and I I can't handle anyone who is trying to like. Like pretend that that the glass is 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 like, you know, it's half full, but ignoring the half that's empty right now. Like that's stupid. Like they they've been a, they've been a disappointment this year. And like you know, and maybe yeah, look, yeah, they could get hot. They could be like the the the, the two thousand seven Giants and get hot at the right time or whatever. Like yeah, it could happen. But as of right now, they're 
it's 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 been a frustrating season, I think, for all of us. It's been it's 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 a, it's been a disappointing season. I mean, there's still some left, but like, you know, my whole optimism train is all about the other teams being being worse. That's what it's, and that's that's not good. And if you have that, where you're just relying on other people to be to be terrible, not good, man. Let's end this podcast uh, a little bit of fun here. I got one take, and then I'm going to give you the last one. Here's my take when it's all said and done. And by the way, everything you said for the most part today, I completely agree with. But four weeks from now, I think we're going to be talking about the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East. I'm gonna, that's my take, and I'm going to stick with it. You know what? All the shows that we used to do, especially when you used to talk, we used to talk wrestling every now and then, which mm-hmm. is something we really don't do anymore. What was it we called it when I used to have you on for a segment and you would have the final word? The finisher. The ro- the finisher, the finisher. Yes. Again, no show prep. We did not talk and what we're going to be talking about and all this shit. I'm going to kind of put you on your spot. Give me one last finisher. It could be Bills. It could be whatever you want. But this is your final take as Joe from Queens, the non-married Joe from Queens. Give me one last take. Buffalo Bills, whatever you want. You know, I. Uh, what, am I gonna, what do I want to say? Uh, I would just say, look, I'm getting married at the age of 41. And two years ago, if you would have told me that I was going to get married, it, like and this is all we've talked about this. It was before the pandemic that I met this girl or right at the, the start of the pandemic. Excuse me. If you would have told me in January of 2020 that, hey, is it going to be a pandemic that destroys like lives and all this <laughs> or I'm going to get married? I would say, oh, we're going to have a pandemic. Like, so I, my final thought is like, you know, I want people to always, you know. You don't have to always, you you know, I'm excited about getting married, but you don't have to always, like, justify having to get married. And I say that in a way of, like, I made my peace. Like, if I was not going to get married, I would be like, hey, it's fine. I'll make I'll make the best of it. You know what I mean? I want people I want people to, like, know that, like, if you're single and you're like, oh, man, I can't find someone, you know, it will eventually happen if you really want it to happen. But if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. So I want people to, like, know that you know you can you can definitely make a life of yourself even if you find someone or you don't find someone you know but i mean i'm i'm very excited for the next chapter of my life and obviously it makes it a lot better that that i found melanie obviously but i want people to know that like it doesn't there's always there's always ways you can you can uh make it work you know even if you don't get the cards that you want you can make you can still get hit 21 all right man you know what that's a solid take, dude. I'm gonna give, I'll give you some props for that. By the way, yeah, I would. I wish no, I would have known this before. I would have had more, more hot takes. But nobody, like, yeah. nobody could see this because this is only audio. But you kind of got like that David Rose from Shit's Creek vibe going on right now, where you're, where you're looking with the hair did and and the facial hair, man. You got that David yeah, Rose vibe. I got, going. I gotta shave all this, or like I gotta get a <laughs> trim before the wedding. Give the so. soon to be married Joe a follow on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. Thank you very much as always for listening. Don't Casual. follow me if you suck, though. Yeah, I, don't want, don't. I don't want people who suck following me. <laughs> we'll be back. Casual Friday. Jill Yurden. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon.